Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. They got big snow. I think Binghamton was, I, I saw on a map last night, Binghamton was going to get over a foot as well. I hate snow. I hate driving in it. I hate walking the dog in it. I mean, I love looking at it, but that's as far as it goes. So I'm thrilled that we didn't get as much as was predicted. And even Nigel's little car could have gotten to the bagel place today. Could have if he wanted to. Yeah, the to. roads were fine. but He, he could have. He didn't want to. Making it out of his street would have been tough. Yeah, yeah, he could have. He could have tried. You know what I mean? Or he could have gotten a few people to just carry the car. <laughs> Let me just. He still might be able to try. The it's show's too not late now. <laughs> this is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So I'm very grateful that that's the open today. I'm very grateful because what I was going to lead with um, is that the snow then lingered for another 40 hours. By lingered, you mean it lingered on your lawn, just in grassy areas? No, I mean it came down from the sky and and socked us with another three inches. Like Doug Cameron was saying, oh, no, it's done. It's done. Don't worry about it. It's done. And then it just did not stop. It did not stop all of Tuesday, and it did not stop well, all of Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday. Right, Tuesday the rest of Monday Tuesday and Tuesday. was the surprise. Monday, we, we were expected to get another quarter to half an inch where you are. But Tuesday, we picked up like a full inch. I think it was more than that. I think it was two to three inches. I'm looking and at your just, grill right now. It kept snowing and snowing and snowing. I think that when we started, I think when I made that comment Monday morning, I thought I had about three to four inches of snow. And then I think it went up to about six inches of snow. I do. And, and, I, you know, and again, and I've said this a thousand times, if the people who do the weather on television, by the way, they all get the same maps from the same places. That's why Kevin can do this. The people who get the weather on television, if they did this with your money, you'd ask that they'd be put in jail. They'd be wrong so often. You'd say, put these people in jail. What are you doing? Now, right, so to the point. I have, go ahead. I have some totals for you, if you would like. Go ahead. So it's that 2.3 inches fell uh, on Sunday in, uh, in Washington. Um, on Monday, it was 0.2 inches, and then Tuesday was 0.8 inches. So It just snowed so all day, though, that. yesterday. It's, it continued to snow all day, right? Never let up. There was snow. It was in the air the whole day. Sean must be fuming as he's looking at his well, window. Well, Sean's, Sean's got a foot snow. and a half. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's probably two feet. There are towns with measured around us Oof. like 30 inches, but I don't think we got that. <laughs> Newton, New Jersey, just outside of Blairstown, 32. Yep. Oh. That's Binghamton territory when Binghamton got And of course, I'm on like the plow side, so my driveway is a disaster. <laughs> so let me, let me speak, to, the, speak to this issue that I did not speak to the other day. Something has happened lately where people are now sending me things. They're just sending me things. They're sending me, for example, Skechers. Okay, I asked for Skechers. <laughs> I, I guess maybe I sort of asked for payday, but I didn't come out and say I, I just said I like it. And then I got a just a pile of payday candy bars and i found out who sent me these things except that i got a box in the mail last week friday maybe it was a box of boots from keen k-e-e-n it's a it's a brand i was unfamiliar with michael you can describe the boots nice brown boots brown looks like a nice hiking boot now is it waterproof i don't know what's the insulation like i have no idea Fleece lined no but i mean so i put them on I put them on, and uh, the first thing I did, you know, it, it, they come with a little elastic strap in the back that you put your fingers in to sort of bring it up over your heel. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I do, because I have to dress two boys under four. So yes. Right. So it, the, the, the one on the right foot, turn. the one on the right foot <laughs> broke the first time I used it. 
It broke. And I thought these boots would be nonsense. Why am I using them? I'm to get you a then shoehorn. I, then I put them on in the snow, and I like them. They're good. Now, I threw a shoe the other day, not the actual shoe. But you know, I've been talking about those crampons that I bought that are so good that you put them on the soles. You put them around oh, right. your shoes, and you can so walk in snow yeah. and ice. You can walk in snow and ice. Now, I know why you have to wear these, but it's, it just makes me feel like our relationship takes another turn. Because every day after the show, we take Chessie out. And to see you strap into the, your little clamp pods. Is just... Yeah, yeah. So, so I come back from a walk yesterday. I don't know which walk it was. It's like Tiger walk, and then, walking on asphalt. Yeah, and then I, then I go and, and to put the <laughs> things on again, and the one on the right shoe was gone. It was gone. I and I, I tried to retrace my steps and I never found it. Did you ask Chessie? It's on my left. I asked her, but it did it did me no good. Um, you know, I even went out with her and tried to find it in the backyard. I couldn't find them. So we went to buy them online, which is always a mistake in this house, buying things online. And Carol <laughs> ordered them from Amazon and then paid an extra amount of money to get them here quickly. Hold up. You don't have Amazon Prime? She does. So then there's there's no way she should be able to find a, a a seller who offers them to you in two days. Well, she didn't because the earliest they can get here is February 9th, and it could be that's, as late as the 15th. That's not. And by work. then there's no snow, so yeah. that doesn't do me any good. So Tracy last night, Tracy who knows how to use an iPad, which is you know it's mysterious to me. Tracy said she could find these things in Falls Church, Virginia. And she said, do you want me to buy them? And I said, yes, absolutely buy them. So she bought them last night, and she'll bring them over today when we do the show. So I'm excited for that. What but, happened to the ones that Carol ordered? Well, I don't know. I mean, they'll get here in two weeks. Can I send them back? Am I allowed to send them back, or does that not how it works? Well, you can send them back, but considering you never return anything, I, you might struggle with that process. I don't do you know remember the jeans. Yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> the <laughs> jeans, the jeans which I offered to <laughs> drive to Tyson's to return for you? the worst. Speaking of which... Um, oh, can I please describe the photo I get? Yeah, go ahead. So yesterday, midday, I get a photo from mom when I think you're doing your hour-long prep with Kelleher for PTI, and it's you hunched over at the at the computer. Maybe he's writing his leads for the show. No, dad's online shopping again. He's debating whether or not he can buy a pair of canvas pants. Canvas pants from, from LLB. LLB. I got the catalog, and you know I don't really have much to do. I can't go out and walk because it's too icy. And I, I don't have anything to do, so I poured over this catalog, and I found on page 21 the most versatile canvas pants. Is this the Allagash? The, the, these are the Allagash The Allagash pants. white? Yeah, and, and it says the most versatile canvas pants, so I guess you can sing and dance in them, and in most canvas pants you can't do that. And what Tracy said to me was, why would you want canvas pants? Like, you know what a canvas is? They don't sound like they'd be soft. They don't sound like they'd be any good at all. And it says, it's made of rugged presented. cotton canvas that feels soft. I said, it feels soft, they said, and comfortable from the start in an essential five-pocket style for everyday wear. Now, what I want to know is, will they hold a crease? And everyone seems to think no. Nigel or Sean, do you have, how many pairs of canvas pants do you guys have? Not as many as you might think, yeah. Really? <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah, none. No. Only when you're working out back on the car. <laughs> so what do you think, Michael? Should I should I get them? Uh, you have to get these, and I and I would actually like They're fifty dollars. I'd like you to get me a pair as well. I'd like the dark <laughs> olive. I actually yeah, I like to the dark olive. Things to Alabine. It couldn't be easier. I bought this tremendous fisherman sweater, which I wanted to wear, and I opened it up, and immediately 
the smell actually was like it came from the docks. And, and you didn't said, like it. You're not allowed to wear this, but Ella Bean's great. They'll take anything back within the year. And they ask, can I ask, was, was there anything wrong with the size, with the cut, with the style? I didn't have the heart to say, no, it just, it just smelled. Smell bad. Smell bad. Smell yeah. terrible. <laughs> so anyway, I wonder, I still, let me go backwards to Keen. I don't know who sent me those boots. There was no note. But, I don't know but how to I got all them. these experiences, there is a piece in the Wall Street Journal about the return of catalogs because people are stuck inside. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm just sure reading because you're looking I'm at this I'm thinking of T-shirts. Like I called Melman. Well, I didn't call my text. I said, Melman, you're the king of L.L. Bean T-shirts. One is $24.95 and one is $34.95. And, it, and the one that's more expensive, it said has a little texture. And Melman said, they won't charge you 10 extra bucks for texture. It must be great texture. Buy them. Melman started yelling at me. <laughs> Because I yelling at me in a text because I there was no promo code there was I could not get any amount of money off no matter what I bought I could get free shipping with over fifty dollars but I couldn't get any amount of money off and Melman ultimately said ridiculous you've made so much money stop it just buy these things and not only that tip the person on the phone who you talk to to order because I know you're not ordering online because you don't know how so. Now, the reviews. I, I went online, the reviews for the pants. Do you Canvas want to hear the pants? bad? Yeah. So apparently the white liner, very visible in the pockets. That's the only thing. That's the only, it's the only worry I see for you. Well, what about holding a crease? Does Other anybody... than the ridiculous idea of you wearing canvas pants as you walk Jesse around the neighborhood, losing your clamp-on shoe. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Also, uh, in Hal Holbrook died. Hal Holbrook oh, was yeah. 95. Most famous, I think, to the American public for being Mark Twain in every Mark Twain television show and stage show and movie. Um, a wonderful actor, really, Hal Holbrook. And a guy named Bob Avion or Avian died. And, and listen to this. A Tony-winning choreographer who had a role in some of the most beloved and influential shows on Broadway. Dreamgirls, A Chorus Line, Follies, and Miss Saigon. He did choreography. Though, like, there is no more famous choreography. In, in the history of Broadway, no more famous, some are as famous, but Chorus Line. I mean, come on. That's all about dancing. Chorus Line. Uh, he had a part in that. So he started out, it said, he rose from being a dancer in West Side Story. So I guess he may have been in the original production of West Side Story. It's which a pretty is good path. Interesting to me. It's very By the interesting way, to me. Hal Holbrook, can I, um, can I just yep. give a, a, one of the proud graduates of Denison University? So, oh, is that right? Um, Yes, yes. Very proud to have him be in the same family, so to speak, as Hal Holbrook. So you're now going to claim that you're a graduate? Like you're not <laughs> going to claim that you left early or something like that or you were kicked out? You're going to claim you're a graduate of Denison? No, no high school uh, is a different story. But yes, no, I was an actual graduate from Denison University. Didn't yeah. you go to school with, with um, who's the woman who, who was? Jen Garner. Yes. Yes, Jen Garner. Well, who's the other one that you know, right, though? High school. Oh, oh you Julie... Julie Bowen um, was uh, was in my high school class, and we acted in a play together. And then Jen Garner was a freshman, I believe, when I was a senior at Denison. Did you know her? Did you know her? I did. We, well, we were in one production together. We did not know each other well, but we knew each other. Okay. Um, in fact, when um, when you were kind enough to invite me to the, the White House Correspondents' Dinner, she was there, and I went up and chatted with her for a little bit. Um, and she's very lovely. So, yes. So yeah. what is that other show that has all the generations of people, and it has the... Um, Modern Family. Modern Family. I couldn't think of it. Oh yeah, that was Julie. Yeah, Julie it's got Sophia yeah. Vergara, and it's got Ed O'Neill, and then it's got the guy who's a tremendous Kansas City fan, 
great sports fan from Kansas City, the larger guy in the couple. Yes. What's his name? He's a really good guy. I've met him a couple of times. Character's name he loves actor. the Kansas City Royals. He loves the Kansas City Chiefs. He He's crazy about Eric that. That's Stone where he Street. Grew up. Yes, Eric Stone Street. And he, I met him at a couple of dinners, and he was wonderful to talk to. Big sports fan. Big sports fan. All right, I've, I've wandered off the topic. Well, there is no topic when we begin. There is no topic. But will the really. pants hold a crease? Well, that's, well, that's what I want to know. A center crease. Yeah, well, what do you think? Well, what know. other crease would it be? I mean, I don't want him to be flat and hold a crease so I look like a sailor in HMS Pinafore. <laughs> I don't want to do that. It's not what I'm looking for. I mean, you know me well enough. All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, Bob Ryan will join us. Happy to have him. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a solo stove ad. Michael has more experience than I. Michael uh, took the solo stove, put it in the trunk of the car, and lugged it down to South Carolina, where it remains to this day. You want to tell people about solo stove? And Chris Lizzo What's so great it. about the solo stove is how easy it is to transport it so you can create these memories, whether it's in your own backyard, whether you bring it camping, or bring it to a safe place. So right now, it's this, the, the story of the traveling solo store, st- stove. It's currently on 170 in the Lowcountry, uh, under the protection of Jim Hughes, I believe, just outside of Kalawasi, as he's looking at the beautiful uh, river. Jim Hughes has it. Chan doesn't have it. Jim- no, no. This is we're we're sharing this. So Jim is a storyteller, and we yeah. figured he's going to be the type of guy who can safely have friends over and light the fire. Plus, he's from he's from Milwaukee. Yes, he knows what he's doing. And where do, where does he belong in Milwaukee? What's that good the Blue golf course? Yeah. Solo stove creates story-worthy moments. Fireside fumes not included. Stainless steel construction designed to regulate airflow and burn more efficiently. So little smoke, you'll wonder how there's so much fire. No campfire smell on your clothes and hair. And nothing left but ultra-fine ash for easy cleanup. Can I ask this then? Because when you say campfire, because I went to camp for so many years and we had to do cookouts, the only thing we enjoyed at the fire was marshmallows. You got a stick. You stuck the stick through the marshmallows. You put the marshmallows right into the fire. You charred them like crazy, and then you pulled them off the stick, put them in your mouth, and burned burn the roof of your mouth. Burned the roof of your mouth beyond repair for three years. So, can you do that with solo stove? You can, and depending Great. on the solo stove you get, there are there are also grill options. Oh, okay. And with a wide range of portable products, solo stove is fit for any size occasion. There's a solo stove light all the way to the mighty Yukon, even grills, pots, as Michael says, and other accessories. Every rooftop rendezvous, log cabin lazing, road trip retreat, and backyard bumming calls for solo stove. That's a lot of alliteration, hard to read. Easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire is blazing in minutes, and solo stove is so confident in their products, they give you a lifetime warranty for every purchase. Go smokeless with Solo Stove and get 25% off your order all February at solostove.com. Plus an additional $10 off when you use the promo code Tony K at checkout. That's solostove.com for 25% off your order, plus an additional $10 off when you use the promo code Tony K. Use the code, people. We have a new sponsor of the show, Michelob Ultra, so I'd like to celebrate their joining us. You know, beer is synonymous with celebrating after a big win. It goes hand-in-hand with the joy that athletes experience from victory. Because of that, there is a perception that happiness and beer only come at the end of a journey, only come after the grind, after the hard work, after the win. Michelob is setting out to dismantle that perception. By partnering with some of the greatest athletes and proven winners of all time, they are demonstrating that happiness comes before the victory and that joy is a crucial ingredient on the road to success. Even the greatest athletes in the world choose to take time off the court or field to unplug, to have a beer with friends, and find balance. 
Michelob is not discounting the hard work and commitment that it takes to become a world-class athlete and win championships, but they firmly believe that enjoyment and balance are crucial components of the winning formula. It's not just about professional athletes. Everyone out there should know that they can and should enjoy themselves on the road to success in life, and that they should permit themselves to have fun, smile more, and have a beer with friends. Like having a Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Bad Education. It is sent to us by Devin Heritage, and I need to read this as close to verbatim as I can. I wanted to share some original music that came from a unique place. And the name of the band is, it's not Intercontinental. When you get to the second T or third T in Intercontinental, he has put in the number seven. So I don't even know how to pronounce it. Intercontinental. <laughs> was born out of Columbia and Annapolis, Maryland. An idea to co it's very interesting. An idea to collaborate with musicians from all around the world was started in the summer of 2020. Over that time, 22 different musicians from all seven continents came together to record 12 original songs. It is the first album recorded on all seven continents. 100% of the proceeds from this album go to COVID-19 Relief Fund. Tony, I know you will be bothered by the fact that it is called Intercontin-7-Al with the 7 as the T, but that is our unique way to show participation from around the globe. That, that's lovely. That's wonderful. It just becomes like when Prince decided he was a yes. symbol, and you go, well, how do I deal with this? How do I say it? How do I say it? So my great thanks to Devin Heritage. We will play his stuff later as well, but I don't know how to tell you what the band is named. Bob Ryan joins us now and in preparing things to talk to you about which have a boston outlook my son michael said to me last night you need to ask ryan about the axtelm story in sports illustrated because he's in it you need to ask him about it i think i may have mentioned this in you know last week i'm i've talked about the story by john wertheim in sports illustrated which is a very comprehensive story of the uh, life of Pete Axtelm, and as everybody knows, ended way too soon and ended at his own hand in essence because he drank himself to death with the knowledge that this was going to happen. Both uh, Bob and I knew him. Did, did you read the piece and what were your thoughts of it? No, and uh, this is all news to me because the magazine is sitting where I put it the day I got it uh, on this table with the other magazines next to my chair which I watch, in which I watch all my TV. And now I will go and look at it. I did not know. Yes, I did know Pete not well, but it was part of the Runyon's gang. That's how I would yes. associate him. It's all about it's all about Runyon's. It's all. I mean, the the premise of it, of course, is um, that Pete was ahead of the game in many many things and and died long before those yep. things which he did became popularized all over the country. And when people ask me about Pete, what I say is I knew him a little bit. I greatly admired his talent. And I closed Runyon's with him once in a while, as we all did, as you did, as David did, as Michael did, you know, as everybody did. But I didn't, as Bonventry did, but I didn't close it with him every night. And he no. closed it every night. And there's a big difference there, right? I mean, it's just a big yeah, difference. Yeah, there is. No, it is a sad uh, reminder I, that, that he, uh, much like Nicolas Cage in the movie, uh, you know, drank himself to death. Leaving knowingly. Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah leaving knowingly. Uh, it was it's disturbing to know that you actually knew someone like that, 
uh, Sepe, as you said, uh, a man with enormous talent, as talented as any sports writer we can name, frankly, uh, yeah. wrote a seminal book, The City Game, um, about ba- New York basketball, and, and you know, uh, but among many other things. But he was he was enormously gifted. But he was uh, I don't know if he's troubled, but tormented. I don't know what the word is, but he was he had he had an issues. Let's put it that way. He had issues. I think you would agree with me that that in our time with him, however brief and fleeting it was, he didn't seem tormented at all. No, he he's, seemed, oh, he's perfectly a affable. Companion. Yeah, yes. no question. But so you know, that yeah. was the, that's not the way any of us want to end our time. All right, so I'll get off this. I will just say this. I don't know if I said it on the air before, but but one of the great treats in the piece, very high up in the piece. For those of you who don't know Pete Axtelm, just so I, I get this right, he was really really smart. He's a graduate of Yale. And, and you know, and it's it's hard to get into Yale. Smart kids get into Yale. I, so I was in the be- rejected, so I know. Right. So in the beginning of the piece, they bring on a person who was either a sweet mate of Axe or somebody who knew Axe pretty well, who is quoted as saying, "Gee, we you know we knew he gambled and we knew he drank, but we just thought he was going to write the great American novel." And that person is Bob Woodward. And I just wow. went, "Whoa! I had no idea." <laughs> No, you know? that, that must have really rocked you. Yeah, no, it did. It did. So, it, all right, read the piece, and, and everybody. Well, I, I, just wanna, I just want to clarify the reason wait, I wanted you out. to. The reason I wanted you to ask uh, Bob about this was just the fact that so much of the conceit of the piece is about how Axtham sort of predicted where sports media was going. Yeah. with the transition to TV work. And really how much easier he felt that was. So considering that both of you had these amazing second acts in television yeah. versus where you'd been as sports writers, I thought that was an interesting perspective. Well, uh, I will just jump in on that. TV, writing is hard and TV is very, very easy if if it's easy for you. I mean, if you're afraid of speaking, it's it's deadly. But for most of us who speak all the time, it's very easy. But it, it sort of posits, Bob, the piece sort of posits that Axe was first and, and, and he wasn't first. I mean... Dick Schapp was ahead of him. Yeah. Will McDonough was right there with him. Bud Collins, I think, was ahead of him. I mean, he wasn't the first to go to no. TV, right? No, no, no wasn't. not at all. Um, who knows? Yeah, right. And nobody was better at swinging back and forth than, than Dick Schapp. I always say yeah. he was the, the great best writer among all broadcasters and the best broadcaster among all writers was Dick Schapp. Uh, you're right. I mean, Bud Collins was doing local television tennis back in the, in the uh, uh, late 60s. And yeah. he eventually left the Globe in circa 1976 to go to NBC. Uh, Will McDonough uh, was was tapped by Terry O'Neill uh, and and turned into the the really the first insider of all these guys. He's really yes. the godfather of all the Shefties and the Wojis. He really is. I agree. I agree. I mean, Pete Pete made a big splash, but you got to remember, Pete was asked to be Jimmy the Greek. I mean, yeah. he wasn't first at this. He was the first no. to come from print anyway, to do it. So, but I'm, I'm anxious to read it. Read it. And, uh, you know, he was a tremendous figure. All right, let's get to some other topics. And, and I think I asked you this the last time you were on, but I'm going to ask it again now because now it's the Super Bowl. Will people in Boston root for Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl? I think, it's, you know, I can't speak for them all. I think people have come to understand that uh, he made a rational choice to exit based on the deterioration of the Patriots and the more enticing offensive weaponry that he would have in Tampa Bay, and and uh, that I think that's clear that uh, he uh, and, I, and and that's rational, and you can see the result. Um, I, I always come back to this though, Tony. Um, something was going on between he, he and the coach, between him and the coach, and and that interview, that infamous or famous, if you will, interview 
I think with Jim Gray, um, two or three years ago, in which he was asked directly uh, um, whether, he, whether he felt sufficiently respected or appreciated, and or appreciated in New England. And his answer was, I plead the fifth. Yeah. And I, I tell that what more do we need to know about what his, where his mindset was? So uh, now, and, and, you know, Belichick, and now there's, the, the, you know, the, there's a backlash coming out. Uh, you know, Matthew Stafford said he never wanted to go to, didn't want to go to Boston. Uh, Danny Amendola came out, um, you know, saying, hey, about the, no coach ever caught a pass or threw a pass, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, the veiled reference to, to, to uh, Belichick. We know he's not warm and cuddly. We know that. And I, I don't know whether there'll be any Christmas cards exchanged in the future between the two of them. Uh, Tom well, was very gracious in speaking about Belichick directly the other day, took a high road. But uh, I think, to answer your question, I think more people, uh, I, I, at least a 60 to 70% plurality, will root for him. Let me get to the Danny Amendola thing, because Danny Amendola said that the Patriot way, which we all understand, is Tom Brady and Tom Brady alone. And <laughs> from the distance that I'm at, I, I just I think it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I don't think they are separable. I just don't think it's possible. I'm tired I, of this argument, Tony. Go ahead. Already. I'm tired of this argument already. It's it's such a contrivance. It's such a talk show con- modern contrivance. Uh, uh, clearly, uh, it, it was a, it, an enormously successful partnership. Uh, yes, the player. You might be able. Yeah, but come on, uh, it, it, it was akin to our back in Russell. Russell once said, and I, I to me, I was an, I was the interviewer on on a, on a that um, uh, he could never have been the player he was in the NBA if he weren't playing for Red Auerbach. That none of the other coaches of the time would have understood him or would have known exactly what to do with him. Um, okay, now um, obviously that's not completely analogous to any any quarterback coach situation in the NFL, but. Now, I'm tired of this argument. Uh, you, there's no right. There's no wrong. They're both enormously successful. Uh, uh, clearly, right now, the bragging rights do belong to Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's but, all. you know, when history looks back, it'll look back at both of them joined at the hip. Of course. It will. It's a successful partnership. Not, yeah. I mean, everybody else is tied for second place, whether it's Walsh and Montana. Walsh and uh, Montana. That's uh, right. Lombardi and Starr. It doesn't matter. They're all tied yeah. for second place. This is the most successful. Sure. All right, we move on to Kurt Schilling not making the Hall of Fame. Um, Your thoughts about that? What is his reputation in the area? Do you think he will ever get into the Hall of Fame? No, I do not, because uh, he he will not get in next year, the last, the 10th and final year on the ballot. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. he's torched himself among the, if anyone was wavering, uh, he he torched himself with his his endorsement of the January 6th uh, in, in invasion of, of, of the nation, nation's capital. Yep. Uh, he, 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 he finished it off. Uh, I vote for him. I voted for him every year since he's been on the ballot. I still intend to vote for him next year, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, it hasn't happened yet uh, because I think he's qualified. Now, he is a classic borderline candidate, or else he wouldn't be in, he would have been in already. Uh, you, can, you can parse this record in many different ways, and I, I choose to parse it a certain way. Other people don't want to uh, uh, accept some of the things that I think are, are, are positives in his favor. Um, and clearly he's close. And I, I think it's reasonable to assume he would have been in if he weren't, uh, you know, so such an obnoxious ass. Uh, and, and, and it's not just that it's not about politics. What he what the stuff he spews is transcends politics. It's it, it, this hate 
crimes. There's, there's lunatic theories. It's not politics. I don't want to talk about politics. He's a, he's a nutcase, as was Carlton. But Carlton was, you couldn't ignore Carlton. He got a 95.82% of the vote. I know that number because I looked it up the other day. And, and he, said he was a crackpot, complete. Um, uh, Kurt Schilling is very close to that same level of crackpot without the overwhelming credentials of Steve Carlton. Now, he, 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 if he's banking on getting in later in a committee, he better be aware that they've already done a straw poll of, of players. They don't want him in. He will not get the endorsement of the, of the current Hall of Fame players. And, and it's, not, it's not likely he'll get the endorsement of executives or writers in any future committee either. So he's not getting in. So I asked you earlier about Tom Brady and, and what is his standing in the greater New England community or the Boston area. I'll ask you about Schilling as well, because, because Kurt Schilling, that bloody sock deal, Kurt Schilling was a beast late in his career, regular season and postseason, which is why I would have him in, even though the first two-thirds of it were nothing special. But he was a beast late when it really mattered. What is his reputation? Uh, this is a blue state. Now, as you well know, a very sure. blue state, and therefore you can assume that people uh, have rejected his views and have rejected uh, are, are, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the bloody sock is very heartwarming, and, but uh, it, it, I, I think he's, you know, people view, busy view him as a, uh, you know, the deviant in that case, uh, and it overshadows his, his performance. Now, okay. in, all, in my appraisal of him, my observation is that if you parse his record, you, uh, I use that verb twice. I shouldn't do that. If you if you examine his record, uh, the only time he wasn't not just good but great uh, times when he was injured. Uh, he, there were, his 216 victory total reflects uh, uh, an unable uh, inability to participate at times. Uh, he struck out 300 three times. Uh, he, he was an overwhelming postseason pitcher. He has, if not the best, one of the handful of greatest strikeout walk ratios of all time. Uh, he was, he's a lot closer to Carlton than people think, really, uh, even though he's 100 votes, 100 wins shy. But, but he, he was really good, I think. But uh, obviously not everybody uh, uh, agrees with me, so yep. I, I yep. understand that. We'll move on to one other issue, and that is Dustin Pedroia retiring uh, because Manny Machado took him out in a dirty slide. What do you think of Pedroia? And, and when, you, when you put the wall, when you put the wall up for all the great Boston players— yep. Is Pedroia on it, or is he beaten out at his position by one or two other people well, because the career one, wasn't that long? I wrote a column before, just prior to the Machado incident when he was still functioning at 100%, uh, saying that um, it was one of the easiest selections. The, 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 one, the automatic position on the all-time Red Sox team was second base. That was Bobby Doerr. Bobby Doerr, yeah. Dorr who had yeah. to retire at age 33 due to a bad back after the 1951 season, by the way, just interestingly. Anyway, uh, but that now Pedroia was here, and I, he was my new choice. That's what I wrote at that time. That would be like okay. four years ago. Um, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. There is no question. And um, it, it, so what happened to him was really regrettable. We had, it's a close, we had a, well, okay, we have, well, I, won't, I won't go rambling. Um, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory, but the numbers are going to be, you know, the whole accumulation will be shy. He won't make it. I, I'd be very thrilled and pleased if he were to, but I, I don't see that happening. I, you know who I liken it to? Mattingly. Everyone yeah. agrees that Mattingly, had he had two more years, say, at the level that he was performing, the numbers would have been so overwhelming you couldn't reject Mattingly. I, I look up Mattingly, anybody's listening, and see what I'm saying here. 
There's a five-year period where Mattingly is astonishing. Yes, he's yeah, fantastic. He just, and and, and, yeah. and uh, so I think he's matting. I think that's a, the closest analogy uh, I will give you for his Hall of Fame uh, status. But my, I, I did tweet this, Tony. I have seldom enjoyed watching a player on a day-to-day basis, a baseball player, more than Dustin Pedroia. He brought it every day and in different ways. And the other thing is, he's listed 5'9", 165. I've stood next to him many times. Don't buy it. Five six or five seven, and wow. and that that wow. I, you know all right that's number wow. one and so he's he's the, he's the best he's the greatest short player of all time. Oh, the toy cannon was one. Well, but, Joe Morgan, uh, Joe Morgan, uh, same Joe position. Right, Joe Morgan. I'm sorry, yeah. right, Joe Morgan was five yeah. seven. And and uh, okay, he's right there. And the yeah. one, among the greatest short players, but you know that there was a period, of, there was a point in time early in his career when they had things like going on with the lamp. He batted cleanup, and he. Crush the ball, you know. I'm just saying he and he won. You know, he won four Gold Gloves and probably should have won more. He's he's going to be as fondly remembered by the Red Sox fans, you know, as as you can imagine. He's he's on the short list of of most lovable and enjoyable and, and and beloved players that I've known in Boston since I arrived here in 1963. Good to know. Thank you, Bob. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'll see you now, Bob Ryan. Love Bob Ryan. And then as I told many people many times, the only reason we didn't put Bob Ryan on is because we didn't pay him anymore, and I felt that I was insulting him. So uh, we will come back. Uh, we'll have news when we come back. Yes, news. Gary and Chris will join us. Am I right, Nigel? That is absolutely correct. Wonderful. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the FitBot ad, and I would read it, but there's no point because Nigel does this. Nigel, why don't you explain what FitBot is and why you like it? FitBod is a great app for your phone, especially now in this time of COVID where you may not be able to go to the gym and get the instruction or work with equipment you would normally do. This has workouts you can do with any amount of equipment, including no equipment. And if you're not sure how the exercise goes, it's got little video tutorials for you. It's like having a personal trainer on your phone to help you get whatever kind of workout you want to get. It's a very good endorsement, and now I'll read some copy. <laughs> FitBot understands that the path to achieving your best looks different for everyone. See, this is interesting. That sentence could also be read, FitBot understands that the path to achieving your best looks, you know, it, it, it's it, because it's something of a narcissistic nature because you want to look better, putting the word looks there and making it the verb and not the noun is difficult. I've, I've wandered. I'm sorry. Let me read it again. <laughs> FitBot understands that the path to achieving your best looks different for everyone. FitBot creates a program based on your unique body experience and environment. Their algorithm uses data and analytics to help you build on your last workout and maximize your results, whether you're exercising three days a week or twice a day, which is nuts. Every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. No equipment, as Nigel said, no worries. FitBot has body weight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. It's super easy to use. It has HD video tutorials, as Nigel said, to make learning new exercises a breeze. It integrates with other fitness and health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and it's either Strava or Strava. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sign up now. Through the end of February, you'll get 25% off your membership. I mean, if they're going to have it Strava or Strava, they probably should tell me what it is. Build the momentum to carry your fitness journey through the rest of the year with FitBod. Get 25% off a membership when you sign up now through 228, that's the end of February, at fitbod.me slash Tony. 
That's 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash Tony. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, we are grateful to Devin Heritage for sending this stuff in with the unpronounceable band name. It's like intercontinental, except it's not intercontinental. It's intercontinental. Eh, I don't get it. This is called Fire. <laughs> the music is wonderful. Michael, if people from all seven continents want to get together and send us their original music, how do they do it? I see what you did there. Please send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. All right. Nigel has come up with a news segment. Chris is with us. Gary is with us. So let's do the news. Nigel, you're in charge. Incontinental, maybe? Just, Incontinental. There's a seven. No, it's the seven. Yeah, I don't... Well, the best part is Devin Harris. Devin Harris is a great point guard for Wisconsin, not a great pro career. I didn't know he was musical. Devin Devin Heritage. Heritage. Devin Heritage. But Devin Harris was a really good guard in college. He was. He's probably the same guy. Wasn't he on the Frank Kaminsky team? Wasn't he on that team that beat Kentucky? Wasn't he? He was younger than. Well, no, maybe he was older than Frank Kaminsky, but maybe they're on the same team. He was really good in college, so he didn't do anything in the pros. That game. Career in music. When when Wisconsin beat Kentucky, and I think it was the oh, yeah. Final Four semifinal, it's one of the game. greatest one of the greatest college basketball games I have ever seen. Just a great yep. game. Okay, go ahead, Nigel, take it. Well, we have some good news for you on the COVID vaccine front. Uh, the fed, your federal government has announced that it will ship one million doses of the coronavirus vaccine to uh, a nationwide network of pharmacies starting on February 11th in a push to make uh, the vaccines more widely available. It'll initially go to 6,500 pharmacies across the country, but they're hoping to expand that to up to 40,000 pharmacies nationwide. So Can I, let, me, let me ask Chris a direct question. Uh, when Joe Biden was elected and inaugurated, didn't he say a million a, a million a day? A million a day vaccine shots? He said, yes, he said 100 million in the first 100 days. So by math, that appears. Yeah. Gary, check me on this. But I think that's a million a day, yes. And they have since said that that actually tone. Yeah, that, right. They've since said 150. They've said like 100. Because people said, well, 100 million is not that much. And they said 300 right. million by the fall. So, well, I mean, th- this is a step in the right direction. I will tell you, as someone with a 74-year-old, don't want to. I don't want to age her because someone it'll get back to her and I'm afraid of her. But with a 74 year old mother, we continue to struggle. I mean, she's on the list, but you know, no appointment yet. And you know, I just want to get this done as soon as possible. And this I think will help. Okay, good. Okay. Have go you, ahead. Have Nigel. you been go. to or called a CVS in the last few weeks? Everything about the presentation is we do not have a vaccine. Please do not yes. ask. It's hard it's to get the to the actual pharmacist. Yeah. Oh. You're like, yeah. I just want to watch him call it bar. I'm not interested in the COVID vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even believe in vaccines. Just get them yeah, out. Exactly. Get them in arms and hope they work. Put, you're, not put, you're not putting that poison in my arm. That's what I said. But the person was just a clerk. They didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> Go, ahead. Go ahead, Nigel. Uh, so we got a little bit of snow here over the last several days, as we talked about before. But it looks like we've got two more possible snow events, I believe, as Kip would call them, coming up in the next week. Saturday is shipped. Uh, well, it's going to be sunny in, in the high 40s on Saturday. Uh, late Saturday night and Sunday, there could be a chance of snow and a wintry mix. And then again on Wednesday of next week, 
there's a chance uh, because we're, we're going to get our coldest blast of air. Uh, oh my! I've seen that. Next week. Or, the, like yeah. the lows are ten degrees. Hey, did you see Monday? Yeah, like the t- ten degrees outside. I don't want that. It's you know even so, with no wind, that's really cold. Did, I've been so wearing my Lilyhammer jacket a lot. So did well, she even have that cold? <laughs> no, that negative. Polar vortex? No. I think it's a no. safe bet not, to say he? no. No, no, he didn't have. But it. he does get snow opportunities. Like yeah, th- later this week, it's supposed to be very warm, or you know, re- re- relatively speaking, like up. Well, that's not going to melt all of this. There's no, too much. It's no, not going to no, melt no. it. Yeah. I will yeah. say, I laughed out loud reading Kip's tweet that Gary then retweeted, where he said on Jan- on the on January 30th, he tweeted, "Looks sunny on the 30th. Some clouds." That that makes me laugh. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, just to put that much. Uh, yes, but this means it's imperative that the crampons arrive in your possession, you well, know, before the end of the week. Them. Yeah, she, yeah, well, there she we go. bought them. She's going to bring them over today. Good I'm for the ice. For yeah. Yeah. Yes. Got to have that. Got to have that. Um, so uh, <laughs> staying in D.C., uh, the public schools open the doors to teachers and students for in-person learning on Tuesday. <clears throat> excuse me. For the first time in nearly a year, they were hoping to get about 9000 students, but. Because of the snow we had on Monday and some sort of last minute, well, we're not feeling comfortable with that. It wasn't quite what they'd hoped for for attendance, but they're hoping um, that as it moves forward, that more and more kids will be back in school for for person to person teaching. So, Gary and Chris, you have kids in school. How does this work? I mean, let's just in round numbers, let's say that is a classroom that normally has 30 children. They would not have all 30 children in, would they? I wouldn't think so. Um, they have taught, I mean, I, look, every county, like every state, is different with this thing. I know in, in my county, in Montgomery County, they have talked about um, starting with the youngest and the oldest kids and doing, mm-hmm. like, alternate days. So... So some kids would come Monday, Wednesday, some kids would come Tuesday, Friday, for instance, and Thursday, or or I'm sorry, Monday, Tuesday, someone comes Monday, Thursday, someone comes Tuesday, Friday, and Wednesday is like a cleaning day or something. But um, I I mean, I I can't speak for Chris, Tony, but you know, my my kids are, they're older, so they're able to sort of self-guide their learning a little bit. I mean, there, there are kids who need a warm building. There are kids who need a hot meal. I mean, there are kids who need to be in school. Um, My kids are not necessarily those kids. So I'm not, um, I'm not necessarily as worried about it uh, other than I just want to make sure if we do it, that all those teachers and all those staff and all those people who would be at risk would be taken care of. But clearly this is like the first domino in getting past this thing and, and getting everything open up and getting people back to work. I mean, the ki- these kids have to get back to school, but they have to do it safely. Not to sound so like let a me, yeah, Let me ask Chris, and, does this, yeah. does this seem prudent to you? Does, is this something that well, makes you nervous? I'll tell you my experience. My kids go to private school and they are in school and have They're been hybrid since. model. Probably. Yes. So this is how they do it. They are there. There's a variety of options, but the option, I mean, I've literally just dropped them off. The option they are currently in is they go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and they are off. They're not off. They're virtual on Wednesday. Now they also have all these other options, depending on the positivity rate in Fairfax County, which is the county where I live. Um, You know, it's, it's, if it's a certain number, they go twice a week, 
like Gary said, some kids go Monday, Tuesday, then they're off the rest of the week. Some kids go Thursday, Friday, then they're off the, the rest of the week. And then there's an option where they're fully virtual. Um, the thing that that the, the, the reason you can do that is because it's a private school. They test everyone when they come back from uh, Christmas break. They tested everyone when they came back from um, uh, Thanksgiving break. They do surveillance testing. So they my, my older son uh, was tested last Friday just randomly. Uh, you obviously in, in Montgomery County or Fairfax County in a public, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of kids, not a thousand kids. But I, I will say they've had, they've had, I think, a few, a handful of cases school-wide. The kids wear masks all day, um, which, you know, I think was inconvenient certainly to start. But I, we basically said, like, hey, you want to go to school or not? Uh, and um, so, so th- they've done uh, a, a pretty good job. But again, it's a very different thing to make a protocol for a thousand kids than it is for a hundred thousand yeah. kids. And I mean, I, th- I think that's when it gets. That's why I think. Although I, I'd, I'd say certainly in Virginia, uh, anywhere you drive in Virginia, there are open our public school signs. I don't know if it's true in Maryland uh, or, or DC, but it's 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 and there's people walking around like the soccer fields trying to get you to sign a petition to open the school. So there's a lot of agitation there at this point, uh, which I think the school boards and, and super and principals and all that feel a lot of pressure on. Yeah. But I, I am think, I Chris, crazy? That, I'm sorry, Tony. I was just going to say a lot, a lot yeah. of that is, is, is just fabricated. I feel people like looking for something to divide us on. Everyone wants all the schools open. Everyone wants that. Right. No one's saying close schools. I mean, the issue is just, is it safe? Is the issue is people saying open them, yesterday and and people saying open them but make sure we can do it in a fashion where where this isn't going right. to be an issue with yeah. all of these and, I mean, variants that are the out teachers. there you yeah, have to vaccinate think, the, our, our and, teachers and, and are so you're now seeing you're I mean, now seeing teachers going through the process of being vaccinated you ask if this is safe yeah. the, the studies that they have say kids are safer in schools if the schools yep. are following the necessary procedures okay. as right. if they are in the community at home. Now, it's it's different state by state, community by community, and you look at D.C. in particular, they're trying to open these up, and, and it comes down to access and, and ex- sort of equity around the city because you look at yeah. when the kids are actually getting back into the school, look at what schools are going to be close to fully enrolled or, or at least feel filled, and look at the types of schools, say, on the other side of the river that have still very low numbers, and you start to think about the impacts that have on the rest of the family unit and the family structure, we're incredibly grateful that our kids in preschool, and we've had no closures, yeah. but all the preschools in our area have had at least these mandatory two-week shutdowns at some point. We've knock on wood been very lucky, and, and we trust what the school's been doing okay. and what the families have been doing, but it's, it's, not gonna, it's not gonna end with the doors are open and you know schools, the, the issues are now over with. Okay, all right, yeah. what else, Nigel? Uh, how do you follow up a miraculous win against the, the Nets? Well, the Wizards follow up. Yeah, they laid down and they fell to the Blazers. What? Now, the good news is they did <laughs> clamp down on the defense. So after they they held the, the Nets to 146, they held the Blazers to 132, but they could only muster wow. 121 <laughs> points themselves. So wow. they fall. Yes. 132? Yeah, 132. Wow. I, believe, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they are averaging allowing 122 points a game. One, they, every they every allow, single year, Bradley Beal says we've got to have more defense, and Scott Brooks says this every is game. unacceptable. My favorite, but it's not unacceptable. Randy Whitman, acceptable. Randy Whitman said that. <laughs> my fa- fired, my favorite part. The, my favorite part of every Wizards game is when they are down 14 with four minutes left, 
and they start trading. Uh, they just stop playing defense and start trading three for two, and like they hope they yeah. can get forty possessions out of the game. Um, you're right, Chris. They average one. They give up one twenty two point four. One one team gives up one nineteen. No one else gives up even one eighteen. I mean, so they they are yeah. I mean, like historically bad defense. They're four and thirteen now, and they really in truth should be three and fourteen because I mean they st- they stole yeah, those the Nets, Nets, Nets game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so and Scott Brooks makes five. Seven million a year. This is his Five last year. year. This is it. This We're is talking last extension. Year. I mean, he's going to get. No. We assume no. that, that this is it, right? I mean, is this he going to last a season? They're four thirteen. We talked after that. After that first game, that the about hoping that Russell Westbrook would would change all that. The, the whole culture thing and the whole defense thing. And after, after certainly yeah. the first couple games, he was so exciting to watch and the team looks so motivated defensively. And it's just, it swallowed him up. He's a wizard. All right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What else? I have one final story for you, Mr. Tony. And I know you don't know a lot about Bitcoin. Am I correct in that I statement? Know, I, I don't know anything about Bitcoin. I mean, my only impression of Bitcoin is this, that if you actually have invested in this, which is a made-up currency, don't lose you your are passcode. a lunatic. You're a lunatic. Why would you do it? But go ahead. I'm, more of a, I'm more of a Dogecoin guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a tip for you. Uh, if you're thinking about investing in cryptocurrency, if someone pitches you... Cryptocurrency? That's what it's called? Yes, that's what they're that called. is what it's yes. called, yes. And wow. by the way, there's a great story about somebody that has literally... $200 million in an account worth of Bitcoin that he could cash in what? for that cash, so, but he can't, remember the pa- he can't remember the password to the, the, <laughs> the drive that it's on. Really? And he's only got five tries, and he's tried like four of them, and if he tries one more time, it locks him out completely. So basically, he's you resigned himself. What an Holy. idiot. What an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Corno Corro cabinet. What an idiot. <laughs> I'd like to solve the puzzle. Wow. <laughs> but oh, here's but in this story, here's a tip that this might not be on the level. If somebody pitches you Bitcoin, but they spell it B-I-T-C-O-I-I-N, not the C-O-I-N, <laughs> which was also known as Bitcoin 2Gen or B2G. Now, a bloke who's involved in this is John DeMar. He was arrested on Monday morning by the FBI in Santa Shocking. Ana. They've, they've, they've said that he and two associates pocketed more than $11 million from investors in this. Wait, but is it real money? Do they get real money? It's virtual money. Uh, is it real, it is it real money? money? <clears throat> yes. Yeah, well, you can apparently, send it. Apparently, it was all virtual with Bitcoin with two eyes, despite the well, fact that, that they had... That's just a straight scam. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, the other the isn't? They, <laughs> no, the other one appears to be somewhat legitimate, but this one is totally not on the level, despite the fact that they had one of the most revered actors, certainly of our generation, but of all time. Steven Seagal was another a pitch red actor. That's another red actor. Seagal's promoting it. As it says in the, in the complaint. Class. That's how you know it's good. He falsely claimed on social media that B2G could generate an 8,000% return for invest- investors nuts. within one year. So, it's yeah. Um, so what happened was investors started to get concerned. Some of the, this bloke, DeMar's associates, uh, uh, ran off with some of the money. Investors were getting, you know, obviously very concerned about it. So what he said was, he said, DeMar said, listen, I'm going to go to Hong Kong, and I think I might be able to sell to some blokes over there. Everyone sit tight. Instead, he went to Montenegro, where he alleged yeah. that he was <laughs> mugged and robbed of $25 million worth of B2G tokens, and then he just disappeared and sent out some statement through his attorney that he was mugged and were no longer able to uh, 
to track him down. Please don't bother us anymore. And he thought that would be fine. But instead, <laughs> he was living in Orange County, California, well, living large, buying himself a Porsche. So uh, strangely enough, the FBI was able to track him down, and now he has huh. been Nige, B2G currently priced at point zero 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 eight four one cents per share. Point zero zero zero. That's Blutarski. <laughs> yes. That's Blutarski territory. That's Blutarski. Hey, hey, Gary. Gary, just, didn't, just to return to the Bitcoin with one eye. Wait, two eyes, not three eyes. Sorry. Did an NFL player get paid? Like, there's some NFL player who is now being paid in Bitcoin. That, if I'm not that is correct. Who it's was insane. that? Someone requested that in his contract recently. This is not real money. It's not real money. Russell Okung. Russell Okung. And I believe Russell Okung is also his own agent, which that may may, may have. Yeah, the first NFL player to be paid in Bitcoin. That's not real money. That's not real money. You can't can't use it in a parking meter. It's not real money. (laughs) You can use it. You can't give it to someone at the Safeway. It's not real money. It's not tangible, physical money, correct? No, but, but, but it's I very pay, easy for someone pay, to say, I'm not accepting this. This is junk. I'm not accepting it. Right? It, I use, I yeah, use correct. my phone to pay everything. Like, I use Apple Pay. I mean, um, it's not the same, but I, I mean, don't pay with any credit cards Tony, you don't, money. Tony, you don't buy your cars for you cash, have, do, you? do you? Do you hand uh, yeah, over I've, physical money when you buy a car? Or no, a I write a check. I write a it's check. Like Neil, okay, yeah. It's like so Neil I mean, Diamonds. You know, digital but I have real money in the bank to cover it. I know you do. Yeah. yeah. All right, Tony. Yeah, Tony was was it Neil Diamond that was looking at the house and they said, "Look, and really, kid, cash, took cash out of, <laughs> cash out of his pocket, cash out of his pocket, and bought the house." <laughs> yeah. But in those Bro, days, they they actually made thousand dollar bills. Showed up looking like a. They don't do that neck. anymore. I don't think there's anything higher than a hundred dollar bill now. I don't think, but there used to be five hundreds and a thousands. I think yeah. there certainly I were five hundred. That's how you. That's how you bought that house that one time. Here's the That's money. Some... Get out. You have fifty dollars. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 See you, Tony. Gary, Bye. I love you. Love you too, Chris. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, we will have email and a jingle. And I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Truist believes in the potential of communities everywhere. So we are creating, and they're saying we. I'm not saying we. Truist is saying we. Or I could say, so there. What should I do, Michael? We're. Okay, so we're creating a segment during the NFL playoffs highlighting a moment of unexpected potential. Truist believes potential is everywhere, not just on Main Street, but all the way to the gridiron. That's why we're breaking down this week's most inspiring football moments and highlighting Kansas City, who came together and reached their potential. With time winding down in the fourth, Kansas City made a bold decision to go for it on fourth and short from their own 49. Parenthetically, I will add, that was when Tony Romo said, it's not a play. Don't worry. They're not snapping the ball. Forget it. No problem. And they did. The gamble paid off as Kansas City converted. That was Chad Henney. um, And ran the clock out, sending them to their second consecutive conference championship. And now, by the way, they're in the Super Bowl, which we played on Sunday. Yards of potential presented by Truist. I probably shouldn't have interrupted that the way I did because the ending came up quickly. And I... (laughs) <laughs> Yards of Potential, presented by Truist. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show.
Is that how is his, his last name pronounced? Is it Rod Lauer? Rod Lauer Jr. Lauer, Lauer Rod, think- not Rod Laver, but Rod Lauer Jr. from Baltimore. That's very, very lovely. Nigel, yes. do the Bethesda Bagel Land. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. We got the bagel sandwiches today, which is always a great day. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then stop on in and you will be thrilled. All right, I guess that's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say this old heart of mine been broke a thousand times. Each time you break away, I fear you're going to stay. Lonely nights that come, memories that flow, bringing you back again, hurting me more and more. Um, this old heart of mine is one of the great tunes of all time by the Isley Brothers. It's not one of the great tunes by the Isley Brothers. It's one of the great tunes, and the yes. Isley Brothers did it, and they also did Shout, of course. Thanks to our guests today, Bob Ryan, Gary Braun, Chris Eliza. Thanks to our sponsors as well, Solo Stove, Truist, FitBot, and Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. Did you do the Bethesda Bagel ad or did I cut it off? No, I did. Okay, I just want to make sure because I'm losing my ba- mind. No, bagels have been weighing on your mind as you had to go bagel list Monday and Tuesday. It was really bad, yes. but now that I've got the sandwiches, I feel good. You can save those From Scott days. Jerome, PhD, University of Alaska, Fairbanks, in Fairbanks, Alaska. The Subaru stories have about run out of gas, but perhaps you'll indulge me. I live in Alaska where the official state sport is dog mushing. Mushing. I regularly see an old green Subaru Outback arrive at the race venue with a sled strapped to its roof. When the driver lifts the hatchback, 12 full-size Huskies leap out. It brings, a, it brings a smile to my face every time I see this spectacle. No kids, no kayaks, no entertainment systems, just 900 pounds of canine muscle. To be fair, I've seen another musher in town mimic this routine in a Prius. This is true. Uh, Corey West in Alvin, Texas. Alvin, Texas is the hometown of Nolan Ryan. After years of promoting the Tony Kornheiser podcast gospel in my household, we had a breakthrough moment this past week. A sappy commercial came on during the NFC Championship, and the following dialogue took place between me and the woman to whom I'm related by marriage. Wife, good grief. What is this, a Subaru commercial? Me, I don't think so. Wife, sure sounds like it. You know, they love their kids more than we do. At least that's what that guy says on the stupid podcast you listen to all the time. Me, I've never been prouder to be your husband in my whole life. Conversion takes time, but we have had a breakthrough. She's listening. From Greg Furlick, Virginia Beach, size 11. The number one selling condiment in the United <laughs> States, salsa. That's it. That's the email. Does that qualify, Michael, as so a condiment? I'm going to go to you because you use salsa I as do. a condiment. You use it on vegetables. Yes, but Always I, don't, have. I don't think of it as a condiment. I don't. It's a I don't. sauce. Sam Fritz in Schaumburg, Illinois, an Amazon Fresh grocery store opened up today in Schaumburg, Illinois. While wandering through the aisles, I noticed they had Duke's mayonnaise in the condiment section. So what if Amazon is doing everything it can to obtain world domination? Now I don't have to go to the Carolinas to get mayo. I consider it a wash. I need to tell you about my new barbecue sauce at some point. What? I got it from Whole Foods. What is it? I've not tried it yet. It's, it's right. a Japanese barbecue sauce. From David Pickle in Falls Church, Virginia. The discussion of condiments was so upsetting that I had to stop just after the 45-minute mark and walk away from my podcast device. It was bad enough when you limited the condiment universe to ketchup, mustard, mayo, and relish. What, you only eat hot dogs and hamburgers? You never had salsa? See, that's a, that's a vote for salsa. But I could let that go. But when the wonderful Jean McManus banned hot sauce from my table, any table, it was a real punch in the stomach. When she doubled down and declared her undying <laughs> hatred for 
for wasabi just a minute later. Well, it was like a favorite smart and funny aunt turning on you and launching, launching into a profane monologue as to why your favorite sports team is the permanent antithesis of athletic greatness with a sidebar on why your spouse is so much better than you just for good measure. Really, it was terrible. In the interest of American unity that we have been hearing so much about lately, please drop the cooking and condiment talk and stick to safer subjects like politics, religion, and sex. As for Miss McManus, <laughs> from now on, I'll have to listen to everything she says with a very big grain of salt with some hot sauce and wasabi on the side to bring Douse out Douse my flavor. black bean soup homemade last night with some tapatio. Did you bring it over today for me? I no. did not. Matt Myers, Seattle, Washington. <laughs> Dear Dr. Ron, since the show has turned into a place for all things condiments, I wanted to weigh in about brands of ketchup. A few shows ago, Michael mentioned types and brands of ketchup, including artisanal and house-made ketchup at restaurants. Here is the definitive ranking of ketchups. One, Heinz. That's the list. All other ketchups are either too sweet or watered down and have the wrong consistency. I agree with that totally. From Pete in Truckee, California, and I've been to Truckee, California. So there I was in the kitchen, annoying the person I'm related to by marriage by playing the grilled cheese with mayonnaise jingle at the end of the Wednesday show. <laughs> She just lives for me playing her clips for the podcast about condiments and a one percenter begging for free shoes while she's cooking. Then it happened. She confessed to making a grilled cheese with mayo on Michael's advice. She liked it. She's going to do it again. Michael is changing lives on your show. You must be so proud. Maybe he has finally earned his own pony. Come on, Grandpa. You got the cash. What child, even in his 30s, wouldn't love a pony from his pop-pop? I'll settle for canvas pants. Uh, Patrick Graham writes... The recent stories on running into the famous and near-famous at urinals brings to mind some sage advice my father passed on to me and I feel I should share. Standing next to a man at a urinal is no time to tell him that you admire his watch. <laughs> From Eric Londergan in Boston, the reason Tony says Wahhabi makes sushi interesting and edible is that was wasabi anywhere west of Japan is just horseradish paste. Real wasabi is hard to grow and expensive, and it stays in Japan for the Japanese. Does Tony like almonds? If so, I recommend Blue Diamond wasabi and soy sauce flavor, which will give him the horseradish kick in snack form. form. Regarding the rest of the debate, I think salt and pepper are seasonings, not condiments. If you have to refrigerate it, it's not a condiment. If you can put it on your spice rack, it's a seasoning. As far as hot sauce goes, the ad copy says, I put that bleep on everything. Hot sauce isn't a condiment. It's a way of life. Um, from Caleb Cutler, you said the NBA and NFL let people into the Hall of Fame in carloads. When you imagine this car, is it an old silver Honda parked in front of your house? Is it a Tesla <laughs> driven by the smug Saliza? Or is it a forest green Subaru with a rack on top? I will listen to your response. And from Claire Natola, signed somewhere in the frozen Northeast. I thought of you when I saw this ice cream advertised on Facebook. Everything bagel ice cream. Everything bagel. Quote, Buttery streusel laden with sesame poppy seeds and yes, onions and garlic woven oh. subtly, uh, sweet woven throughout subtly sweet cream cheese ice cream. Try eating that over the sink without it coming back up on you. And she sent over just a smear. Uh, an ad of it. It's Jenny's, Jenny's special ice creams, and and the ad copy is it's schmear, the flavor yep. you never knew you wanted. Everything bagel ice cream, no. No, God, no. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Hola, nosotros somos Pineapple Landscape y escuchamos el show de Tony Kornheiser. Pero este show apesta. When you 